This talk by Joan Sutherland, called Lucid Dreaming, is the sixth talk of the Practices of the Night Retreat given at Mountain Cloud Zen Center in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in May 2011. I'd like to turn toward lucid dreaming now as the entrance into the, the next um, group of, of practices that have to do with lucidity and witnessing and deep sleep. So a lucid dream, as we've said, is a dream in which you know that you're dreaming while it's going on. That's the first stage of it is the, oh, I'm dreaming, um, recognition. And then the second is the ability eventually to work with the dream, to change the dream, what's happening in the dream in pretty much any way you want to over time. Um, so th- there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff about this because people are really interested in it. So I can give you a, kind of a lot of data, like what are good things to do to increase lucid dreaming. And um, you'll, you'll either be happy or feel despair to know that meditation increases the chances of lucid dreaming by 40%. <laughs> um, also... Uh, one thing, one thing that, that researchers report and, and seems empirically true to me is that, that lucid dreaming is more likely during naps than during nighttime sleep. So naps are great, afternoon naps are a great time to increase the possibility of lucid dreaming. I, actually, let's leave those doors open. Yeah, for the circulation. Uh, and if you want, if you want a way to increase the, the, your chances of having a lucid dream by as much as 20 times, um, wake up an hour earlier than usual. Set, set an alarm and wake up an hour earlier. Stay awake for 30 to 60 minutes. Go back to sleep, and um, you're much more likely to have a lucid dream for some completely mysterious, opaque reason to me. If you do that, okay. So in terms of, um, of uh, practices for uh, at, at the gateway of falling asleep, we talked about one already last night, which is just to go to sleep saying, uh, with the intention of, I will recognize my dream as a dream. And one of the hallmarks of dreaming, of course, is that there are things that happen in dreams that are illogical or impossible in the waking world or anomalous. So, and, and anomalous events don't necessarily mean impossible events, right? They could happen in the world, but there's something wrong. The person has the wrong hair color or they're saying something that you couldn't imagine they would ever say in, in real life or something like that. So another, another um, thing you can do is to fall asleep with the intention of, I will notice the dreamlike elements of my, of my dream. So since that illogic and the anomalous events are, are, are a hallmark, are just guaranteed to be there, you set the intention of becoming aware of them and that noticing them will make you realize that you're sleeping, that you're dreaming. Uh, 
um, if you're sleeping with someone who loves you very much, they might be willing to stay awake and watch you. And when they see that you've entered REM sleep, when your eyes start saccading, moving around like crazy, they can whisper in your ear, you're dreaming now. Try to remember the dream you're having. <laughs> And then if you, if you really love each other, they could wake you up <laughs> when, the, when the revving is over. And you might be more likely to remember your lucid dream. Um, once, once you're in the dream, actually, once you're in, in any dream, ways for becoming lucid during the dream are that, um, again, that, that you become aware of events that are impossible or anomalous in waking life. And so, so if, you, if you've done this practice of setting your intention to notice that, then you do notice it. And then you think, oh, I, I get it. I'm in a dream. So it's what's strange that, that catches your attention and helps you wake up. Um, if, if you wonder about whether you're dreaming, and people who, people who experience lucid dreaming often sort of, well, am I dreaming, am I not, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, it's not always a sort of, aha, I'm dreaming. There's a, there's a kind of uncertainty. Um, you can find something to read. So find some, something in the dream that's some kind of reading material. Read it. Turn your head away. Look back. Read it again. And um, the, the text is guaranteed to change 75% of the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Between the first and the second time you read it, and then if you're, um, if that 25% nags at you, turn your head away again, look back, and the third time it's guaranteed to change 95% of the time. <laughs> so that's you know almost entirely diagnostic that you're dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, while you're in the dream. While you're in the dream. Um, okay, so. Uh, basically it just takes practice you know I mean if, if you really want to you can become lucid it just takes practice and intention and the willingness to keep setting that intention and falling asleep that way and trying um, and then if you want to work with lucid dreaming which is to say um, once you know that you're dreaming then you can begin to, to play with what's happening play with the dream it's good to start with something really simple uh, just set the intention as you're, once, you, once you are lucid dreaming on a fairly regular basis you can fall asleep setting the intention that when I'm aware that, I, that I'm in a dream I'm going to move my hand a certain way just something really simple I'm going to turn my head a certain way so you begin like that uh, and then you build up from there and eventually you know you can do pretty much anything you can change anything you can do anything you can fly you can um, t- turn people into frogs frogs into people whatever whatever it is you want to do and um, curiously they found that, that if you're in a dream and you, you feel the dream beginning to destabilize which is a problem in lucid dreams because once you're aware that you're dreaming it doesn't it doesn't have quite the coherence it had before you were aware you were dreaming it has more of a tendency to want to decohere to kind of fall apart they found that spinning will um, help the dream stabilize spinning. spinning I don't know why you just imagine that you're spinning in the dream and that tends to, to re-stabilize the dream if it's beginning to fall away and you don't want it to fall away. 
Which direction? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so one of the one of the studies that's that's being done now that that seems kind of really interesting is that um, it, it looks like when you do something in a in a dream in a lucid when you do something in a dream that the same thing happens to your brain as when you're awake and doing it. Um, and so the question is, in a lucid dream, can you? Can you consciously do certain things to make certain brain states occur that can have an effect in your waking life? Right. So um, we talked. We talked really briefly about if you want to perfect a skill, if you lucidly do whatever the thing is that you want to perfect while you're dreaming and you and your brain actually goes through the motions as it were of of that activity will will is that like practicing the activity in in waking life so that's kind of interesting and obviously the question there is would there be physical healing possible mm-hmm. would, would it be possible to do to bring your, your brain into certain states that would be um, actually healing for the body and, and the psyche um, if you want more information about all this technique and what you can do, I mean, just gazillions of exercises and 75% of this and 40% of that, the, the best person to read is Stephen Laberge, L-A-B-E-R-G-E, who's a researcher at Stanford, and particularly his book, Exploring the World of Lucid Dreaming. last thing I want to mention about lucid dreaming um, because it's so interesting to me and curious to me there's a there's a famous story that actually actually Stephen Leberge recounts of a lucid dreamer I believe a man in Denmark who the first time he ever woke up in a dream the first time he was lucid in a dream was so excited that he went running into the street and, and there was a cabbie sitting there in, in the cab and he went running over to the to the, the cab the dream cabbie the cabbie in his dream and said I'm dreaming I just woke up in my dream I realize I'm dreaming and the cabbie rolled up the window and, and sped away <laughs> and you know if you, that's funny but if you stop to think about it that's really weird that means that the cat <laughs> yeah the, the cabbie is in living in some reality you know that you're disrupting yeah in your, yeah, by, be, by being awake in your dreams, so that we go back to that thing about um, the dream sees you. You know, what is that reality in which the cat is like, "Hey, buddy, you're nuts." You know? <laughs> I just I find that um, opens up a whole other dimension that I haven't found anybody to talk about yet. And I, it also made me think of um, the other the other experience I know that to be true with is with um, with with Kensho with with opening experiences, awakening experiences, and the really famous one, 
who Allen Ginsberg tells on himself is, is Allen Ginsberg, who has this um, kensho while reading William Blake and is so kind of overcome and overwhelmed by the experience that he crawls out onto the fire escape and across to the, the two women who are living in the apartment next door to him and he's pounding on the window saying, I've just seen God, I've just seen God. And they sort of, you know, <laughs> slam down the window and, and then, and that, so that doesn't work. And then he goes down to the, to, um, a phone booth and calls his uh, psychiatrist who won't accept the charges or take the call. <laughs> so, it's, so it's interesting to me that like you know the, those stories are so so parallel about um, the, there's a whole world that doesn't want to to uh, allow for that that intrusion into it. So the part of it is just that experience of the wonkiness of things. And the other is that it's a gateway into um, a lucid experience of deep sleep. But it's easier to become lucid in a dream than it is to become lucid in deep sleep. I'll bet there are people who here have been lucid in a dream, but I'll bet there's nobody who's been lucid in deep sleep. But if you have been, raise your hand because I want to know. So it's a gateway. It's a gateway in. You have the experience in dreaming of lucidity, and then that enables you to have the experience in deep sleep of lucidity. So the term lucidity means awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, okay, that's interesting because in, in the way that it's used, particularly in the West, with dreaming, lucid dreaming, it means awareness. In the way that it's used in the Mahayana, it has the, the meaning really of luminosity. And so what happens is that over time, in the Mahayana, when you practice with lucid dreaming, you don't practice to gain the powers, to gain the ability to do all this kind of stuff in your dreams. Um, you, you, what you do is you actually do the kind of the opposite. You see if you can put, you can disidentify with the ego self in the dream and become a witness to the dream. And when you do that, you see that the luminosity in you, in your consciousness, is the same as the luminosity in the dream events. And that's, that's what lucidity means in that context. It's that luminosity. And so what happens is the, you're still witnessing the dream, but the dream ceases to have the same meaning for you. So when you take, again, we're back to this, when you take the meaning away from your experience of the dream, it becomes a kind of flow of sensory experience. It becomes a flow, flow of shapes, sounds, colors, um, all of that stuff, and, and becomes quite abstract. And so it loses the narrative quality and becomes a sensory experience. And then as you continue to disidentify with it you lose all connection with any sense of a, a dream ego and you hold on to the awareness the luminosity and, the, and, and you let yourself fall out of any relationship with the dream into deep sleep holding on to that experience of luminosity that you've had so that's the meaning of lucidity in the Mahayana when we talk about about falling into lucid deep sleep, there's there's some there are two roads in. One is through lucid dreaming, and the other is through the moment between uh, waking and being completely asleep. Those are those are the two ways in. And so we'll talk about this, the practices for those two roads, which would work either for dreaming or for deep sleep. 
when we talk about um, the the luminosity of deep sleep, that that experience in sleep is um, related to the experience of, of deep samadhi, of a deep meditation experience, and of death. That all, those three states all have something very much in common. These talks are made available through your donations to Cloud Dragon, the Joan Sutherland Dharma Works. To learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at joansutherlanddharmaworks.org.